26b1 in the Art Scroll Gemara. The Gemara now moves on to a, a new topic within Yibam, which is the topic called Chalitza Psula. A puzzle, a weaker, not really invalid, but a weaker form of Chalitza. And the case according to Rashi is as follows. There are sometimes cases where the law is where the only option is to do chalitza and not to do yibam. We tell a person, do chalitza, do not do yibam. We've had many such cases where the law is do chalitza and do not uh, do yibam because you cannot do yibam because it's a violation of a Torah prohibition or it's a violation of a rabbinic prohibition. And we tell you to sometimes do chalitza so that uh, you have the opportunity to do chalitza to multiple uh, to, to multiple yivamas, to multiple women who are who currently fall to uh, to yibam, as we had in our mission. Now, there are different situations where uh, there we tell someone to do chalitza and not to do yibam. And so Rashi explains in those scenarios, if there are multiple brothers, as the Gemara will explain, if there are multiple brothers, we say it it is not sufficient to just do chalitza with one brother. You would have to do chalitza with both brothers or with all the brothers. Even though in general we say that when it comes to yibam and chalitza, if you do yibam with one brother, so then that's it. And then you're exempt from doing yibam or chalitza with any of the other brothers. Or if you do chalitza with one brother, so then you, you, you have done the mitzvah of chalitza and now you are exempt. You have no longer have a relationship with any of the other brothers. That is true. But that is only true according to Rav. It's only true if you had the option of doing yibum, and instead you decided to do chalitza. However, if you do not even have an option of yibum, so then we say that the chalitza is chalitza psula. It's a weaker form of chalitza. And in that scenario, we say that you have to do chalitza to each of the brothers. As the Gemara will explain uh, the, the specifics of, of that case in a minute. What is the logic behind this principle? Why is it that when you do not have the option of doing yibum, so then we make you do chalitza with all the brothers. What exactly is the reason behind it? So this is a very big discussion. Unfortunately, we do not have the time uh, to get into the entire analysis of this. And as we go through the Gemara, hopefully we'll have more of an analysis of, of this principle of chalitza psula. Uh, but one approach, there are many different approaches that are given. One approach is that chalitza could sometimes be viewed as really the Secondary mitzvah of yibum. The primary mitzvah is to do, is to do yibum, is to get married. Chalitza is if you're not going to be able to get married, so then at least do chalitza, some form of a divorce. And that might only be the case. That might only be the way we see it if there's an option to do yibum. If there's actually an option to do yibum, and you decide not to do yibum, so then you perform the mitzvah of chalitza. However, if there is no option of yibum, you cannot do yibum because we tell you that it's in a violation of some prohibition, a Torah prohibition a rabbinic prohibition, whatever the prohibition is. So then the chalitza no longer is viewed as a subset of yibam, but it works independently. It would work independently. And chalitza, what does chalitza do? It's not fulfilling this mitzvah of yibam slash chalitza, but rather it just allows you, makes it permissible for you to marry somebody else. But it's not under this this concept of being a mitzvah, of, of this yibam chalitza type of a mitzvah. And therefore... If you don't have the option of doing yibum, and all chalitza does is tell you that you are permissible to marry somebody else, so then it's possible to say 
that this will only apply if you do chalitza to all the brothers, because until you do chalitza to all the brothers, you are still connected to all the brothers. If chalitza is an actual mitzvah, you fulfill the actual mitzvah, and it's connected to yibam, so it's like you, it's a subset of yibam, so once you do chalitza to one, so then it's like it's a subset of yibam, and therefore it works with regards to all the brothers, it's like you lost that connection. But if it doesn't, it's not that type of a chalitza, it's a chalitza where there was no other option, there was no option of yibam, so then we'll say that the, all the chalitza accomplishes, it's not a mitzvah, but it allows you to marry somebody else. But therefore, you can entertain the possibility that chalitza tells you that this type of situation would require chalitza to all the brothers. In order for you to become permissible to somebody else, outside of this, uh, outside of the brother-in-laws, uh, brothers-in-laws, so then we would tell you to do chalitza with all of the brothers. And that would be this perspective. And this is also, this is not the only perspective to take within this opinion, but it's one perspective that is given. The Gemara will also say, that this only works according to the opinion that says yesh zika. That if there's a, the opinion that says that there's a strong bond, uh, even before yim chalitza is done, there's already this strong bond called zika, so then there's this principle that you have to do chalitza to all the brothers. But if we hold ein zika, if we hold, if you have the opinion that says ein zika, that there isn't such a strong bond, so then there is no concept of chalitza psula, you only have to do chalitza to one of the brothers. And that's also strange. Why is it dependent upon Yeh Zika or Ein Zika? Why would it depend upon whether there's a strong relationship or not? So that is also, there's a lot to discuss there. There's a lot of analysis within these topics. Uh, but one perspective, again, just one perspective, is that if we hold Yeh Zika, that there's a strong bond, so then what the Chalitza is accomplishing is that it's removing uh, the relationship that already exists between the sister-in-law and the brother-in-law, and for each of the brothers-in-law, for each one, they have a relationship with her, and Chalitza is removing it, so you would have to do Chalitza with each one. However, if you hold Ein Zika, so that, and there is not, we don't say there's such a strong relationship, so then the Chalitza is not removing the relationship to the brother-in-law, maybe it's removing that relationship, that continuous relationship that she already has with, that she had with her husband, it sort of continues into this new form of 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 a potential to create a relationship with a brother-in-law. That bond doesn't exist yet, according to the perspective of Ein Zika. But Chalitza removes her from her from her deceased husband. It's not about the connection that she currently has with the brothers-in-law. She does not have that connection. But it's rather, it's removing that connection, which sort of continues to exist after her husband passed away. But it's a connection really to her husband. Or let's say it's just her own connection. And that's another way of understanding it. It's her own connection. It's not really about the connection to a specific brother-in-law, but it's the fact that she's connected to the mitzvah of Yibam or Chalitza, that she has to do something. And as long as she does Chalitza, so that breaks the connection. It breaks the connection to her deceased husband. It breaks her own connection. But it's not about a specific brother-in-law. And if that's the case, if you hold Ein Zika, that there is no such connection, she does not have to do Chalitza to each of the brothers-in-law. It's not necessary. But if we hold Yeh Zika, that there is such a strong connection... We really have such a strong connection. So then, that connection is to each one. It's not just that it's a strong connection, but it's to each one, and therefore chalitza would be required to each uh, to each uh, brother-in-law. Okay, that is the background. Now let's see the Gemara inside. Omar, this is all the opinion of Rab. We're going to see that this is not <laughs> this whole principle is even not so simple. That others disagree with it. Amar Rab, Rab says the following case: Shalosh Achios Yivamos. Let's say we have a case where there were five brothers. Three of the brothers 
were married to three sisters. That's how we come on to this topic because the Mishnah was also discussing cases where brothers married sisters. So we have three brothers here who married three sisters. And then the three brothers, they all pass away. They passed away. And so we have two brothers who are alive and there are three sisters-in-law and the sisters-in-law are sisters to each other. So they're sisters to each other. Uh, so because the law is that uh, you cannot do uh, yibum, we'll see exactly what the case is in a minute, but the law is you cannot do yibum in, at least for one of the three sisters. But zechalit lachas, we say uh, one surviving brother does chalitza with one of the sisters. V'zechalit lachas, the other surviving brother does chalitza to the other sister. V'emtzais, and the third sister, tzricha chalitza mishneyem, Needs to do what we call chalitza psula, this principle of chalitza psula, and she has to do chalitza to both brothers. So one sister does chalitza to one brother, the other sister does chalitza to the other brother, and then the third sister does chalitza to both brothers, even though in general to do chalitza to one brother is enough. That's what we say in general. This is an exception to the rule. Because we require chalitza for the third sister to do it to all the brothers. She has to do chalitza to all the brothers because of this principle of chalitza psula, because she's not able to do yibum for the third sister. We'll explain exactly what the case is in a minute, why she can't do yibum. Uh, but she can't do yibum, therefore it's required for her to do chalitza to both, because now chalitza is, let's say, no longer a mitzvah, it's just a way to get out of this uh, out of this type of relationship, and because there's such a strong bond to each one, it requires doing chalitza to both, as we explained in the introduction. That's one perspective. There are other perspectives as well. But Rabbah clarifies the situation. Amr Rabba Rabbah. Rabbah says, what exactly is the case? The fact that you say that the third sister has to do chalitza to both means that you must hold zika, that there is such a strong bond. That's why you have to do chalitza to both. But if there's such a strong bond, and it's a case of chalitza psula, of a weaker form of chalitza, the chalitza psula and chalitza psula when you're in that situation where you need to do chalitza, because according to Rashi, you don't. In that situation, you're not allowed to do yibum, so therefore you have to do chalitza to each of the brothers. So Rabbi asks, if this is the case, come by tsunami. I don't understand. He asks. So then, the, for the first two sisters also, they should have to do chalitza to each of the brothers. Why? Because for if all three sisters now have have this have to do chalitza, uh, so then there's no option of yibum for any of the sisters. Because for each sister you can't do yibum, because it's as we had in the Mishnah in the last recording, it's achos zikukaso. It's a rabbinic prohibition to to marry uh, the person that you're connected with, the zakuk sister, and each of them are the zakuk sister. Each of them have a strong connection to each of the brothers, and they're the sisters. So you cannot do yibum in, for all three. So if you cannot do yibum for all three, so then all three should require chalitza to both of the brothers, both of the remaining two brothers. They should all. All three of the sisters should have to do chalitza to both. So why is it that only the third sister has to do chalitza to both? We should say that all three sisters should have to do chalitza to both. So again, because for all three sisters, there's no option of yibum. As of now, we're understanding there's no option of yibum because they have all fallen to yibum or chalitza because they're sisters to each other, so therefore you cannot do yibum. All of them have to do chalitza. If all of them have to do chalitza and they cannot do yibum, so then for each one, we should tell them it's a case of chalitza psula. It's a weakened form of chalitza because chalitza is no longer a subcategory of the mitzvah of yibam. And in that case, chalitza has to be done to all the brothers. In this case, two brothers. And so therefore, all three sisters should have to do chalitza to both brothers. So the Gemara says, you're right. 
depending on the case. If your case is a case where all three sisters now are ready to do Yibam Rechalitza, so then there's a Zika, there's a strong connection, and for each one you cannot do Yibam because it's Achel Zukukaso, it's the sister of the one that you have Zika to, each sister, uh, you, it's a rabbinic prohibition, then you would be correct. But that's not the case here. The case here is where one sister passes away, and then you do Chalitza or Yibam, then a second sister, not, not the sister that passed away, sorry, one husband passes away, and then you could do Yibam or Chalitza to the sister-in-law. Then, and you do Chalitza to that sister-in-law, then, which is perfectly fine, because there's only one sister-in-law who now has the option of Yibam or Chalitza. The brother could have done Yibam. He chose not to do Yibam, and he did a Chalitza. That's a completely valid Chalitza. There's no prohibition to do Yibam. That falls under the category of a subcategory of Yibam, and so she, and they did. He chose to do chalitza, and he did chalitza. Then the second brother passes away, and so now there's another sister-in-law who's the sister of the chalutz. Uh, so, for the with regards to the the first brother who did chalitza to the first sister, so there, there's a there's a rabbinic prohibition to for him to do chalitza to the second sister because it's what we call achos chalutzaso. It's the sister of the person you did chalitza to. It's a rabbinic prohibition to marry the sister that you did chalitza to. So that would be a rabbinic prohibition. So the one that did chalitza, the brother that did chalitza, cannot do uh, yibam with her. So we say, in order to do a the best ideal form of chalitza, is for that sister-in-law, who's a sister of the one that already did chalitza, to do chalitza with the other brother. Because the other brother has the option of doing yibam. And he chooses not to do Yibam, so he does Chalitza. And that's what the brother does. The other brother does Chalitza with the second sister. And only after he did Chalitza with the second sister, as the Gemara will explain, then the third brother passes away. And he, there's the sister-in-law is now the third sister. So this third sister, is the sister-in-law cannot do Yibam with either one. Because this third sister is the sister of what each one did Chalitza. The first brother did Chalitza to the first Sister-in-law. The second brother did Chalitza to the second sister-in-law. That was perfectly fine because each one had the option of doing Yibam. But now the third sister falls and she has no option of doing Yibam because there's this rabbinic prohibition to get married to the sister of the one that you did Chalitza to. So she has to do Chalitza. Since she has to do Chalitza with regards to the third sister and only the third sister, do we call it a Chalitza Psula? It's a weakened form of Chalitza because there's no option of Yibam. So that's why we tell the third sister do chalitza to both brothers. So the first two sisters don't have to do chalitza to both brothers because it happened in order. First, the first husband passed away. Then there was chalitza done. Only after chalitza was done, then the second brother passed away. And then the second brother, the, the second live brother did chalitza uh, to the sister-in-law. And then only after that, the third brother passed away. And then we're left with this sister-in-law who's the sister of both of the women who did chalitza already. And so therefore there's a rabbinic prohibition to do yibam. Therefore she has to do chalitza too uh, with both uh, live brothers. So let's just see this inside. One fell, one husband passed away, and Reuven did a chalitza to, let's say it's, let's say it's Reuven and Shimon are the live brothers, and uh, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah are the three sisters. They're the three sisters. So Reuven does chalitza with Rivka. Shimon. Shimon then does chalitza with Rachel. 
after Rachel's husband passed away. And all three are sisters. Rivka, Rachel, and Leah are all sisters. So Nafliidach, and then Leah's husband passed away. So then, because Leah's sisters with Rachel and Rivka, therefore Yibam cannot be done with either brother, because both brothers did a chalitza. One did a chalitza with Rivka, one did a chalitza with Rachel. So then, Reuven and Shimon would both have to do chalitza to Leah, because Reuven has to do chalitza to remove his connection. Shimon has to do chalitza to remove his connection. So they both have to do chalitza. The Gemara then concludes, But this is all assuming, as we mentioned in the introduction, that we hold Yesh Zika, that there is such a strong bond to each brother-in-law. But Rav really holds Ein Zika. Rav holds there is no such connection. Once there's no such connection, it's not a connection to a specific, to both brothers-in-law. It's just that she has a connection either to her previous husband or she has this connection to the mitzvah. But it's not to a specific individual. And if we hold Ein Zika... It does not require chalitza to both individuals. And Rav holds Ein Zika, the one who said this statement that the third sister has to do chalitza to both, is Rav. He says Ein Zika. So the Gemara answers, It's true. Rav holds Ein Zika, that there isn't a strong connection to each brother-in-law. But he's trying to explain this law according to the opinion that says Yesh Zika. He's trying to give an explanation that if you were to hold Yesh Zika, that there is a strong connection. I, Rav, personally hold there isn't. But if you were to hold that there is a strong connection... So then in a case where you're not able to do Yibam, for whatever reason, uh, according to Rashi, for whatever reason, so then we say you'd have to do Chalitza to each brother-in-law so that you remove your Zika, your bond that you have to each individual brother-in-law. That is the concept of Chalitza Psula, and this is the opinion of Rav. This concludes the recording uh, for this week. We only had three recordings for this week. Uh, But in the next recording for next week, we will begin the discussion of Shmuel. Shmuel is the one that argues on Rav with regards to this whole situation of Chalitza Psul.